Welcome to Empower Your Marketing, a show dedicated to helping women rewrite the rules of what it means to be a female entrepreneur in today's digital world. Discover the strategies successful women entrepreneurs use to create, build, and scale their online empires. And go behind the scenes of profitable, purpose-driven brands to learn the secrets of standing out in the sea of online sameness. Now your host, Stephanie Jarosh. Hey everyone, welcome back to Empower Your Marketing. This is Stephanie Jarosh and episode 14. I am so excited for today's episode because I get to interview my favorite SEO strategist. Meg Casebolt is an SEO specialist, a digital strategist, and founder of Megabolt Digital. She helps women-owned businesses show up in search results, get more leads, and sell more products with intentional strategic content. If you're struggling with SEO or organic search strategies, she's your go-to gal for all things search-related. Not only that, but she's also a whiz at paid traffic strategies. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right, Meg, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I think everyone's going to love you. (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) I love you, so that's all that matters. Before we begin, I have to admit, I'm kind of like one of those lurkers. Like I follow people for a really long time in the shadows and I just kind of watch what people are doing and I get a lot of valuable information. And that's kind of how I am with you. Like I follow you. I think you're great. I get your newsletter. And um, yeah, I just think what you're about to share with with the women who are listening is just going to be phenomenal. So thank you. Today. I'm so glad to hear you say that because, you know, I think so often those of us, especially who do some email marketing, it's like we have so many lurkers on our list and we don't necessarily know what value we're providing. We just have to keep showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up. And eventually it turns into conversations like this, but you can't reach everyone all the time unless you just keep showing up and giving and giving and giving and giving. Oh, that's, yep. And that's probably the whole point of this conversation, right? All right, I guess we're done. That's it. (laughs) No doubt that that's like, you just honed right into it. So, you know, before we jump into the good stuff, tell me, where are you in the world? Because I always think it's so interesting to know where people are. I live in Rochester, New York. It's about an hour and a half from Niagara Falls. So when I say I live in New York or even upstate New York, people think like, oh, just outside New York City. No, I'm like closer to Toronto. It's <laughs> amazing. That, but that's probably very beautiful. I've never been there. So I'm going to have to make it out there. But I've heard it's gorgeous and very green, I think. And also very cold in the winter. If I'm Very green. I would say come between May and October because it's amazing that time of year. And then it's just a, like a frozen wasteland the rest of the year. Okay. I, I grew up here. My family's here. You know, I have two young kids and all of my high school friends have kids the same age. Like I got together with, for dinner with friends from high school last night. We've been friends for 20 years. Like I would not live here if I did not have the support. Oh, that. <laughs> that, you know what? That's so key as a mom. We can, we can jump mm-hmm. into mompreneur stuff too. Cause oh my goodness, there's so much. I have two young kids. We could probably dish on that for quite some time. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, so, you know, I love the work you do. I love that you are out to really help female businesses, well, any business, but, you know, female-owned businesses to stand out, get seen. We do similar work. We speak this a similar language, which I love. It's just that we do, we do it in very, we like help women in very different ways, right? So I just want to hear from you, you know, let's start out with like your origin story. How did you get into this work? What brought you here? And I guess just like the overall Sure. So I started my business uh, five five years ago. Oh gosh, 
I was working full time at, uh, at an architecture firm as their marketing director. And then I got pregnant and took a look at my salary and took a look at the cost of childcare and went, Hmm, that might not be the best decision. Mm. And so I had enough design experience that I started a small design firm. So I was doing print work and then I moved into web design because I had some experience with that through corporate connections, through previous jobs. I I understood WordPress. I knew how to make that work. And so I started building out websites and working primarily with women entrepreneurs, with people who were in a similar boat to me of being moms and being home with their kids, but also wanting to have some income, some conversations with other adults. And mm, so, feel like an adult for like a minute. In your exactly. Day. <laughs> exactly. Have something to look forward to besides bath time because that, mm. I was in that boat for a bit. Bath you know? time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I kind of came up with these women. Uh, you know, we were all supporting each other. We were all helping each other and we all grew our businesses to the point that, mm. you know, it made sense to to send our kids to daycare and be home, you know, and so kind of like seeing the ways that their marketing plans and their websites helped them grow. It made me, it gave me a kind of a sense of purpose beyond just let me make you something pretty. And I saw really how the more that we could get their story out on their website. It wasn't just, well, get your brand photos and get a logo in place, Mm -hmm. but like more like, well, who are you really helping and how are you serving them? And then it turned from web design into more marketing strategy because you really do need a strategy when you're designing a website that says, well, who are you trying to reach here? What are the things that those people are looking for? And what are the things that appeal to those people? And it's more than just design. It's, you know, it's a mix of copywriting and knowing market research, you know, and there's so much that goes into web design. And so that was kind of about two years ago, I'd gotten to that point where I was helping with this strategy behind the websites. And then I started launching websites for other clients and we launched these gorgeous websites that the clients were in love with. And then they said, but why isn't anyone finding it? Uh, Yeah. And I said, well, that wasn't part of our goal. Like that wasn't the discussion. Our discussion was get the website out into the world, not get the traffic to the website. Right, right. uh, We forget those things, by the way. A lot of people forget those things. Like they expect it. There's an assumption, but then they don't actually bring that up, right? And so they think they get the website and then they think, well, where is everybody? Like I thought it's very much like (laughs) there's this feeling of if you build it, they will come, you know, in that field of dreams way. And we've been told like, if you have a beautiful website, that's enough. I think that would have worked even 10 years ago, you know, to have a beautiful website, the the internet was less noisy, less crowded. There were fewer Mm -hmm. people doing the things that we're doing. And now there it's a very, depending on your industry, of course, it's a very saturated market. And so Mm -hmm. trying to be not just to have yourself out there, but to be seen for what you're doing, to be found by the right people is Mm -hmm. an entirely different skill set than even just pushing yourself out on social and getting into people's feeds is a different skill set than being found when people are searching for you. And so that's the direction that I started to go in, in my business is helping people show up in search results. Which is brilliant, right? Because today's world and and we probably could just we could talk about this forever but like the (laughs) the look at me marketing I call it right like look at me look at me and it's a lot of like pushing out 
lots of content, but it's like fluff content, right? It's like pretty pictures mm-hmm. or fluffy captions or really being in your feeds consistently. Like you're not actually taking a break, like you're constantly posting or you're trying to outdo somebody, maybe quote unquote competition. I say quote unquote, because I don't really know if there's competition. I just think that we have oversaturated markets now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like somebody else in your industry is doing something. So you try to outdo them or you try to get more attention or it's all very like flashy based. And what we forget is, yes, social media is fantastic for bringing awareness to your brand or bringing people in to better understand your aesthetics or brand theme, but you still need to show up. You still need to be delivering content. You still need to be giving something, right? And the best way to show up is is in search. And I'm, I'm speaking specifically about web searches, right? Because I don't go to Instagram to search yet. I still use Google. And if you're not utilizing either great content or sharing good stuff or actually using SEO. We'll, we'll go straight to the SEO word because I know a lot of people are afraid of SEO, quote unquote, they don't know what that is. If you're not using that, then you're not showing up. You're not standing out. You're not getting seen. You're not probably making any money. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that there is, you know, there's a way to leverage social to turn Mm -hmm. into sales. And there's a way to talk to your audience and develop a relationship with them that social is so incredible at. Social is really a place for conversations and it can be a place for discovery, but the goal of social is not discovery. The goal of social is relationships. You know, when we think about like Instagram, you and I actually connected on Instagram. You reached Mm -hmm. out to me there. So Mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to. It's like, you know, we think about Instagram. Yes, we can tag other people and then follow those people and then comment on their posts and then watch their stories and then DM them. And we can develop that relationship over time, Mm -hmm. but it takes a long time and it takes consistent effort in those places on a daily or weekly basis that you can't really step away from. Yeah, And that was one of the things that stressed me out about when I was doing, you know, more social strategy with my clients is like, it was never ending. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, and that can be so overwhelming for both you and the client. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's like, sometimes you just want to take a damn vacation. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, but sometimes you, you just want to take a vacation. You want to step away from your computer. You want, yeah. you want to, you know, be able to do something that isn't attached to your phone and still be getting those, those leads coming in. Mm-hmm. You're still getting people to find you even when you're not actively creating more and more and more content. And that was the appeal to me of search is, you know, when you're on Google, when you're ranking in Google, people are finding you no matter what. I have a client who, um, she's an Instagram specialist and she gets 90% of her traffic from search. And she took six months off for her maternity leave and she was still getting leads into her website because she created so much valuable content for her audience that people were still signing up for her email list. They were still contacting her for consults. You know, it didn't slow down just because she did. And that's That's something that's so appealing about SEO. (laughs) Well, and especially, and so I can only, I mean, there's many avenues to this, but I think the one that really pops out to me first is I'm thinking of a lot of those clients that I work with that are rather new to business, let's say for the first year or two, and they're still juggling either the nine to five and the side gig and maybe wanting the side gig to be more prominent or they've gone full in, but they have limited funds, right? Mm -hmm. So they can't spend a ton on, let's say Facebook ads or even Google ads yet. And a ton meaning even maybe just a little, right? Maybe they just don't have an ad spend yet and they're totally bootstrapping it. Talk to me a little bit about how organic 
search and like good content plays a role in building your business those first few years. I'd love to hear more about this. The way that I think of this is that you can either spend time on your business or you can spend money on your business. And there's a point where you can do both, but you, you have that balance all the time. And if you have the time to write really great content, but you don't have the budget for an ad spend, then SEO, I think, is the best use of your time. Because what you're doing is you are being really strategic about the blog posts that you're putting on your website, or even when we talk about SEO, we can talk about YouTube videos. We can talk about podcasts. You know, when I say SEO, I don't just mean written blog posts. I mean, YouTube is a search engine. You know, Pinterest is a search engine. iTunes is a search engine. And there are different ways that you can optimize what you're creating for each of those platforms. Google's not the only place that SEO benefits you, but Mm. we can talk about that in a second. I want to go back to creating content. But if you can be really, really, especially when you're starting out, really, really hyper specific about what it is that you provide, who you serve, and if you're a local business, where you provide Mm. that service... Mm -hmm then you can show up in search, you know, within a couple months of getting started, you can be wow. showing up in search results. It just depends on how specific you are. You know, mm-hmm. Steph, if you wanted to show up for marketing coach, it's going to take a lot of time to get right. you there. But if you're right. specifically saying, you know, I'm a marketing coach for female businesses who are expats, you know, and they're working in these separate cultures and they're trying to figure out their way of, you know, like what are the ways that, you know, what are the best softwares when you don't have great internet service, but you still want to have a podcast. Like if you want to have that conversation on your website then you're going to find other expats who are like, how is, how is this even possible? Mm -hmm. Um, so, or, you know, any way that you want to be specific, the more specific you can get in the content that you create, two things will happen. One, you will climb the ranks of Google faster because the more specific you get, the less competitive those search terms tend to be. Mm. And two, people, when they land on your website, if they're searching for what you're writing about, they're going to be like, oh my God, she gets me. She understands what I'm going through. I need to get more from her. Ah, yep. Which is the bread and butter in my, yes. in my business. I think in everybody's, I, I always try to hone this in. Like it really is key when you're in their shoes, speaking as them, right? Like you, you, yes. under, you understand them, you get them and they come and they say, Oh my gosh, finally I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm understood. And they're, you know, and you're building the rapport, you're building the trust. Um, and I'm just, uh, yeah, there's so much good stuff. And I have so many different questions, but I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which one to ask next, because I think there's so much that we could go into. So if you're starting out in this direction, two things, one is, and these are loaded, so I'm sure you could go off on both of these. One <laughs> is like, where do you even begin, right? If you're starting out, like how, what, how do you know what keywords to use? And then what if you're using words in your business that no one is searching, but like, like, for example, like I like brand storytelling, let's just use my business, for example, that's not something somebody's like, you know what, today I'm going to search brand storytelling, you know what I mean? Unless maybe that phrase comes into their worldview, right? They might look up marketing advice for women or right. Like there might be a different search way. So, so where does someone start to figure out how to, to build that SEO ranking, those, those words? 
Oh, yeah. Well, so I think part of it is there's, we'll answer this in two ways. The first Mm -hmm. is knowing your audience. And the second is going for the data. And people get really Mm. concerned when I say go find the data. So I will talk you through a little bit of that and give you some free tools that you can use to, and it's hard because we're on a podcast and I like, it's hard to give you free tools. So I have a bunch of free trainings. I have, you know, a lot on my website, if anyone's interested Mm -hmm. in getting the video tutorials that go along with these. But first of all, the most important thing is knowing who you're talking to. Yeah. You know, yep. if you're, if you're a life coach and you say, well, I can help everyone with every t- problem that has ever happened in their entire lives, then nobody's going to find you. But yep. if you say, I'm a life coach for divorced women who are trying to get back into the dating game and they have, you know, teenage kids. And so they have to navigate that relationship of their new partners and Mm. their, you know, like if you can, if you can be hyper specific specific about hyper, hyper specific, and then you start to think like, well, what are those women searching for? Mm -hmm. How to, how to introduce my my boyfriend to my son, you know, like they're searching for that. Right. Right. You have to, again, getting in their shoes. Oh yeah. Exactly. So you have to start to think about what are the things that you are going through? What are the things that your Mm -hmm. ideal client is going through? And then you can go and start doing what's called keyword research. And keyword research is when you can use a tool that will tell you here are how many people are searching for this search term. Mm. Here are how many people have already written about this search term. Uh, my favorite free search tool is called Uber Suggest, U-B-E-R-S-U-G-G-E-S-T dot I-O. And basically Google gives away the information about how many people are searching for things because people are paying for AdWords. And so because you can get that information when you're running Google ads, Google gives it away for free and other companies can come in and scrape that information out of Google and provide it publicly. And so the search volume is kind of the first metric that you want to look at, which is how many people are actually searching for this phrase? What are the phrases that are related to that, that people are searching for? How specific can I get Mm. and still have people searching for a topic? Because sure, there's going to be a hundred thousand searches for life coach, but you don't know if those people are trying to become a life coach, if they're looking for a life coach, if they're curious about Tony Robbins' new documentary on Netflix, you don't know what the intent is based on that. Whereas if you have something like, how do I introduce my boyfriend to my 15 year old son, you know exactly what that person is. Yeah, you know what they need. (laughs) You know exactly what they need. Ah, okay. And you can answer their question based on exactly what the search term is. And if you know that 50 people a month are searching for that, yes, it's only 50 people a month, but those 50 people are going to find you and fall in love with you. Right, which is something I always advocate too, Rich, is is it's quality, not quantity. So you can have a small list, but if it's an engaged list, I'm just using a list as an example, but if it's like an engaged list, if if your open rate is like 30, 40, 50%, by all means, like go for it. You know what I mean? Like they always say, well, I want a list of 20,000 people. And it's like, but if you have a list of like 1,000 people and they love you versus 20,000 and only 1% love you, like we're, we're talking different things here, right? And so quality quality over quantity is so, so important. So specific. And I think that same thing is so true in search too, because Mm. we're saying, you know, if we have 50 people who come to your site and you're so clear about, you know, about what it is that you do and they all want to hire you and you get a 50% 
you know, that's unheard of. Let's mm-hmm. say 30% sure. of those people join your list. Then we've got like, you know, 15, 16 new people on your list. Mm-hmm. If you get a thousand new people to your site and you only have, you know, a 1% conversion and yeah. they aren't as engaged with you and they aren't that interested in what you're talking about, then, then who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, if they're yep. just coming and clogging up your website and they're not right. engaging with you, then it's just vanity metrics. It's just, yep. you can yep. say that, yes, I got a thousand new people to my website, but if nobody's buying from you, then it's not really going to impact your bottom line. Yep. And you're just, and you're going to be in the same place that, you know, you were in the beginning, right? I mean, the numbers make you feel good, but they don't drive the business, you know, in that way. So really- yeah, and I think you're, you're totally right that like, you know, email lists get a lot of vanity metrics, which is like, I have 20 million people on my email list, but mm-hmm. nobody opens my email or nobody right. buys from those emails. And, you know, Instagram, you can have a million followers and you can get all the likes in the world, but that doesn't mean you're going to make money on it. And mm-hmm. the, we are running businesses. Like totally. We are not 100%. doing this for fun. I've had clients come to me with huge followings on social media and they can't figure out how to monetize their business. And it really boiled down to they were trying to please everyone, right? They were trying to be something like a something to someone and then something to someone else. And they were trying to be just everything. And what we had to figure out was how to actually niche down, find the value, and then get into the shoes of who they actually want to work with, right? So it's like, who do you actually want to work with? Who's out there that you want to serve? Again, you brought up that example. And I think it's so great to talk about that in that you know, we really need to understand who we actually want to serve versus who we think we should serve, which is usually everybody. Oh, I, you know, I can help all female entrepreneurs. Usually not. (laughs) And you're doing a disservice to yourself and to others if you try to be everything to everyone, I think. So I think those are really, those are such interesting points. So then, you know, you, you advocate, this organic search, this way of kind of like really bringing yourself to the table with good content, with showing up consistently. And then what? Do you just keep that up? Does somebody just keep writing really good content and then, and then it's good? Like what's the next step? I have no idea. <laughs> so there's a lot of different ways to do it. So I, I like to think of SEO as having three or maybe four different pillars that you build upon. The maybe is local search. So if you have a local business, if you are a hairdresser in Topeka, Kansas, then there's a limited amount of geography that you can serve. You can't just fly to Oregon to choose to do someone's mm-hmm. you know, highlights, right? True. So True. you are limited, but the, the limitation of your geographic range can be an asset too, because people are only looking for you in Topeka, right? And you can just say like, this is where I am. This is what I do. This is who I serve. And the competition is much smaller for those local audiences. Mm. And the search behavior is different for people locally because it's like, I want Italian food. Where's the best Italian food near me? Let right. me, let me right. ask Alexa. Oh, I shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't have said her name because now people are listening on Alexa. She's going to be like, hi, <laughs> can I help you? I didn't understand that. Um, but you know, we, we have that search behavior pretty well down as a culture to know that there's something we're looking for locally and we can go to Google, we can go to Yelp, we can go to Nextdoor, we can go to Home Advisor, we can go to any of those mm-hmm. kinds of local search platforms and get the information that we need. So that's kind of a, a maybe pillar. If you're running a local business, then local SEO is super, super important to being found. If you're running an online business and you can serve people anywhere in the world, then these other three things are more important to you, but they are still important to local businesses to an extent. And those are your content, the links coming into your website, your inbound links, and your technical website performance. 
What's an inbound link? I don't know what that is. So that's um, somebody sending a link to your website, somebody giving your website an endorsement that you know what you're talking about. When you put together the show notes for this podcast, you'll Mm -hmm. probably link to my website. Mm -hmm. That is an inbound link to my website. It's called a backlink also. Mm -hmm. People call it a lot of different things. But basically, when you put the show notes together, you put a link to my website in your show notes, then that's your way of saying, yes, I talked to Meg. She's great. She knows what she's talking about. I want you to... It's an endorsement. Got it. The more inbound links we get to our site, the more people who are talking about us and sharing our stuff and sharing it from one website to another, those are incredibly valuable in search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking to do what's called like a backlink strategy or trying to get more of these links in, you want to get links within your industry count more than links that are kind of just random and links that have more backlinks into them mean more. So while I'm It's like social clout or something, like it's like digital clout. Yes, totally. And so Mm -hmm. while I will be thrilled to get a link from your website to mine in the show notes, if I could also get a link from Entrepreneur or Forbes or, Mm -hmm. you know, New York Times, that would raise my value in Google's eyes a little bit more because they have so much of that clout, of that authority, of that credibility. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. I had no idea. Yeah. So, so your content, making sure that you are writing the things that people are looking for. You want to get endorsements to your site in the form of backlinks. And then you also need to make sure that your site is enjoyable to be on. Mm -hmm. So um, a couple of years ago, Google switched over to indexing mobile websites first. So if your website doesn't look good on a phone or a tablet, you are penalized. Like it does not like that anymore. So you need to make sure that your site's mobile friendly. You need to make sure that it loads pretty quickly, ideally in less than three seconds. You need to make sure that there are no broken links on your website that are either within your website if you move a page around and then you get a 404 error or even going out to other people's websites. If they move a page around, you might not know it. And and Google doesn't like broken links. And so just some of these technical things that you can do. And then there's, you know, things that you can do to make your blog posts easier for Google's robots to read too. And so that kind of falls within both what you're writing and how your website loads. So Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. So you really could just pick an angle and like go for it. You know what I mean? Like there's different angles you could even play with of like, or you just hit them all and you do the best you can. (laughs) Yeah. I like to think that SEO is like a copywriter and a designer and a developer and a PR person like have a baby together. It's just like your total in-house agency. You got a little bit of everything all in one. Um, Exactly. And there's no rules about like which ranks more than anything else. You know, it's all kind of a... I wouldn't even say free for all. It's a little bit the wild west because Google never says like, well, this, you know, your content counts for 20% and your technical, like they don't, they don't have those hard and fast rules about, well, if you get, you know, a thousand backlinks, then you'll be number one because it's all dependent on what other people in your industry are doing. Wow. Wow. So fascinating. <laughs> right. And I don't, so, so stressful for people who are new to this. And right, I it it can't like, be right. And then yeah. you want to probably like, you get overwhelmed and you just like say, ah, I don't want to want to think about it, but I don't, you know, it's like probably something that I've learned over the years growing my own business is that in the beginning, I didn't pay attention to organic, like search and growth. 
I like was horrible at it, right? I didn't even do SEO. I didn't understand it. I was using Squarespace at the time, which didn't have like specific SEO places like in WordPress. Oh, like, yeah. Is it better now? Okay, great. Yeah. Because I went over to WordPress. So, I mean, I don't know. I think they're both great, but like, you know, it was just something that I just had no idea what to do. So, you know, I think it's super important knowing when you start out just to start somewhere. I always think that that's an important place. So even just having this information of like knowing that there's strategies to partake in, knowing that there's areas that they can optimize when they're getting started is super important. So do you think, you know, when you're getting started, do you think it's more important to focus on like keywords in the blog posts themselves? Or do you think it's more important to have like that optimized mobile site with making sure you have some sort of like maybe plug in to check backlinks? Like where's kind of the best place to start down the road? Oh, I don't know <laughs> if there's really a best place because, you know, nobody, even if your site's technically perfect, nobody's going to want to come there if you don't have something they want to read. And sure. if you have, you know, the best content in the world, but your site crashes whenever it loads, then Google's right. not going to send you traffic either way. So right. it really has to be kind of a, a situation where you're thinking about, I don't want to say like you're thinking about all of it, but there has to be a balance, you know, and sure. there has to be a certain level of promoting yourself that goes into it also and, and trying mm. to get some other people to talk about what you're writing, which is kind of the forgotten piece of SEO that is honestly, very stressful for most people. Right. Sharing your work. I deal mm -hmm. a lot with clients who are afraid to share their story, right? It's coaxing that story out of them. It's getting it out into the world, building the confidence. And so then there's a whole other side of that of actually then sharing your work, whether that's, yeah. I, I'm assuming like on a Facebook page or Twitter or like just anywhere, right? Just actually sharing the work and probably even pressing publish on a lot of those blog posts or articles yeah. because some people can feel like, okay, well, nobody will want to read it anyways. They'll talk themselves out of it last minute is how I've seen a lot of clients. They'll kind of like pull back last minute. So any strategies for just like, you know, putting yourself out there? Yeah, no, I think that you are totally nailing it. And I've seen that too, which is people saying, well, I don't feel like I have anything new to bring to the table mm -hmm. or nobody wants to hear my story or can't mm -hmm. I just do my work without needing to talk about me? And yeah, you can, you can still do your work without needing to be the face of your brand, but you do need to talk about what it is that you do. You do yeah. need to tell people, you need to brag a little bit. And, and I think that our cultures, especially, you know, the patriarchy for lack of, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, let's like, just call we, it out. Let's just yeah, go for it. <laughs> we as women have been raised to believe that we cannot toot our own horns and we mm -hmm. have to be humble and we mm -hmm. have to put everyone else first. And there's this mindset shift that happens in entrepreneurship where you have to be able to say, no, I'm really good at this and you should hire me. And that doesn't mean yeah. that other people are bad or wrong, but I'm really, really good at this. I am an expert. I am an authority. I know what I'm talking about. And if you hire me, you will not be disappointed. And we have to both believe it and say it, yeah. which is a yeah. very do. Which is a scary thing to do. It's mm -hmm. so scary. Sometimes it's like even just get it, doing it for yourself in the mirror can be daunting, let alone like on a client call or, you know, I have a lot of wonderful, amazing clients who do great work and who can't make any money. And I'm like, right, but you have to like actually sell yourself a little bit, right? Like you have to go out there and you have to own your worth in the world. You have a passion and a drive now go out and like share that. And in the face of that, they crumble in fear of sounding, like you said, a little like they're bragging 
or full of themselves or like, or I get a lot of, you know, um, well, there's so many other people who've already done it and who are like doing way better than me already. Like I'm late to the game, you know, or, or like, mm-hmm. I like, why would anyone even care? Like, you know what? It's no big deal after all. Like I'm not really that into it. And then they start, stop, start, stop, start, stop their business <laughs> over mm-hmm. years because, you know, they really do have a passion, but it's learning how to have that confidence to really own their value and, and really own that story. Totally. And I think for, for the recommendation that I would give to people in that boat of feeling like, oh, but everything's already been said and I don't have anything new to say. I think that's where being really selective about who you serve or how you serve Mm. them can set you apart and give you confidence where you say, I've had clients going through this before. I have customers who have been there, you know, by being hyper-specific about what it is that you provide and how you serve people, Mm -hmm. you can gain some confidence that in that particular group, in that particular service that you're providing, you know, maybe you don't Mm want to do web design for everyone and their mother, but if you say, I'm going to do web design for, you know, jewelry makers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get mm-hmm. really good at telling their story and showing their products. And I'm going to make sure that, you know, and if you, you, that's all you do, then they'll start to talk to each other and they'll send you referrals and you can mm-hmm. get booked out just based on being really, really like, this is, this is all that I do is jewelry makers. And, you know, and I think that there's something really inherently valuable in being the go-to person, as my friend Jacqueline would say, she's a go-to gal. You know, mm. it's like being the go-to gal in your space and being known for something. And that mm-hmm. will help both your business growth and your search reputation. I agree 100%. We were talking a little bit before we jumped on the call about that, of, of really owning that space and coming from a referral space, you know, versus versus other ways in which you can bring in business, right? So yeah. how do you, you know, people always want to know, um, you know, especially people who are listening in, they're building their business, they're maybe scaling their business. How do you like to market your business? Because this is something that always is interesting for people who are marketing their own business. They want to know how other successful women, you know, bring in clients into their business. So do you want to share that with us? Sure. So I, like I said, I've been in business for five years and Mm -hmm. I think I got my first client from search about three months ago. Um, (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And actually I'm pretty proud of this because I asked her, you know, I have a thing on my website that's like, you know, reach out, contact me. What do you want to work on? What's your budget? You know, and Mm -hmm. I said, where did you find out about me? And for the most part, it's the name of another client that shows up there or, you know, I followed you on Instagram or something like that. Mm -hmm. But this particular client said, I found you on Google. I searched for feminist as CEO. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. That's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> but that's how specific we have to be. But like, you know, right. like I said, it's been five years of word of mouth, of conversations, of mm-hmm. getting on phone calls with people that I don't know what they'll lead to, of podcast interviews, of yeah. putting myself out there in a way that can be really scary. Right. You know? Right. And, and then also owning who you want to work with, right? Like owning yes. that customer centric stance of like, this is who I'm working with. You're not trying to work with everyone. And then you have all these referrals that are coming in from people like the most random places, right? You probably are mm-hmm. working with one specific person. You, you put a stake in the ground, you own that place a niche, right? And yep. then in that space, you do quality, amazing work. 
And of course you're probably building out your website. I love your website, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's you. so much fun. If you, I'm obviously going to put this in the show notes, but like everyone has to go to the website because it's so much fun. Well, and I just want to also say really quickly, you know, yeah. I was talking about, you know, I do websites for jewelry makers or I'm a life coach for this type of person. And I think sometimes when we talk about who we serve, we can also get stuck in that. You know, I only work with lawyers or I only work with this type of person. And that's something that I've been struggling with over the past six months or so. And so I was having a Voxer conversation with one of my perfect clients who I want to clone. And I said, listen, would you consider yourself this? Would you consider yourself this? Like, what would you call Mm -hmm. yourself if you were searching for me? What would you say? And I would say about 70% of my business is service-based businesses and about 30% is product-based businesses, Mm -hmm. e-commerce shops. Mm -hmm. And so this particular person I was talking to was e-commerce, but I was like, I don't know if I want to like go just into e-commerce because I really like the service people too. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, for me, when she's like, when I worked with you, it wasn't about getting somebody who understands Shopify. It was about somebody who understands intentional content and creating a strategy that works and who gets to know my business and my brand. And, and so for me, it was about the way that I work with people is the Mm. reason that I get the referrals and the, the way that I connect with people is different than the way that other people connect, even in my same industry. And I think that that's true of anything that we're talking about. You know, the way that you connect with your clients is different than another marketing person or business coach. You know, we can, we can give ourselves these names for what we do, but the great thing, especially I think you and I both work with a lot of personal brands is like, we are real people and you still, right. you know, people are buying from real people. And yep. that is at the end of the day, we have to put ourselves out there a little bit, at least as real people and not corporations. Mm-hmm. If that is the way that we are selling and connecting. Oh, that's so, so important. And I hope everyone can take like a little bit of knowledge and just wisdom from that in their own space of how they show up for their clients, right? And and how they start to show up and their presence, their online presence, their their business presence. I mean, it kind of all weaves together. It um, does. And like oh. we get to be, we are so lucky that we get to be real people. You mm-hmm. know, I had I had somebody who... I named, we named both of our dogs after characters on the West Wing. And when somebody (laughs) saw that on my about page, she was like, well, I have to hire this person now. (laughs) Yes, she she needed the services I was providing, but she knew that my dog was named after Toby Ziegler. And she was like, yep, that was the the decision. And you guys, and that that alignment is so key, right? Because again, you're working with your ideal clients by putting yourself out there, by, by just sharing, right? So you're like, yep, I'm aligning with those people. You're not trying to beat anybody that you're not. And you're not trying to attract a clientele just to get a certain amount of money or, or a certain type of clout, right? Like you're really actually like, no, I want to serve these people and I want to put myself out there. And then you work with these amazing clients in the meantime, which is like, dream business right there. Like that's how everybody wants to work. (laughs) I think you said something really clearly and I want to turn it on its head also, which is that we are saying that these people are our ideal clients and saying, these are the people that I want to work with, but also we get to choose who we work with. We get to make that decision. It's not just, well, I've got to work with, you know, doctors because they have money. Right. (laughs) Right. But you know, like it's not, it's not (laughs) the people that we should be working with. It's the people that we want to work with. And in the same way that people are are coming to us and want to hire us, we get to choose if they get to hire us, if we want them to be our clients. Yeah. And it has to be a good fit for you both ways. It has to be a two-party decision to come to an agreement to work together. 
Yeah. And I think that, I mean, if we're going to go real deep, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like real freedom, right? To me, that's mm. the women's movement. That's like when we start talking feminism, we start talking about equality. We start talking about women really owning their space and making the money and the meaning that they really want to make and, and deserve and all that stuff. The freedom to choose who we want to work with is one of the greatest freedoms by being a business owner, in my personal opinion. Yes. Because I think and a lot of us don't are, want to work with. And who we don't want to work with, we actually get a say in that. And that is amazing. So it's like, you know, I see people hedge, kind of hedge around that or kind of be scared to work with a particular niche. Maybe they're worried they're going to exclude others or, you know, they're maybe it's too small of a niche or a market, right? And I always say, well, gosh, but if it's going to bring you joy and you get a choice in that, I say run with it, right? And again, trial and error. There's a lot of like figuring it out along the way too. Um, if it doesn't work, you pivot, right? I mean, the world's not going to end. But I think that there's incredible freedom inside that, and I and I love that you brought that up because it, yeah, and I think, choose. Yeah, and we also we can put our stake in the ground and say I work with X, but that doesn't mean those are the only people mm-hmm. we can work with, you know. Right. And, I have gotten, I work with male clients, even though I say on my website, I work with women-owned businesses mm-hmm. because other women-owned businesses are saying to the male clients, you need to work with Megan. They come in through the referral and they don't mind that my website says that because they got the referral. They trust me already, right. you know? And so right. I think that we need to stop thinking that by niching down, we are closing off a market. We are instead, think of it as I am, you know, calling my people to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're really pulling them in. Mm-hmm. I like the like it's like that pulling of just like gravitational pull, right? It's like they can't help but just be drawn to the magnetism just because of what you're already putting out there and the, and the presence, right? Your presence, the way you're showing up. Oh, it's so profound. It's so great. And I could talk about this forever. But in the meantime, unfortunately we have to end it out, but I want to know so how can people reach you? How can they follow you, love you, consume everything that you create? Like what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Sure. So pop over to my website and you can go to megaboltdigital.com. I know it'll be in the show notes. You already Mm -hmm. said that. I have a starter kit that you can download there for your SEO. It's 14 pages, which makes it seem long, but also like I tried to put in Mad Libs for how to write headlines. Yeah, it's super fun. (laughs) Flow charts with pictures from the office to help you figure out if you're on the right path. And so I tried to make it, you know, as accessible as possible. Also pop over to Instagram and follow me there. Again, it's Megabolt Digital. Those are kind of the two places where I hang out the most. So come connect with me there and we'll go from there. Like what you hear? Click subscribe and leave a review. Then join Stephanie each week as she takes on the many questions women have about building an online business.